So do you want to restart? Sure. From the top. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get a lot of that today. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. It'll be real. Yeah. It is what it is. We're not. I love it. It's like a 24 episode. (laughs) Um. Ladies and gentlemen, ducks, deers, badgers, golden eagles, and flamingos of all ages, welcome to a fresh squeeze episode of With a Plum, a show about the history, culture, and happenings in the beautiful game. A few weeks back, Raj and I had the great fortune of visiting Forward Madison Football Club, Madison, Wisconsin's first pro team playing their inaugural season in USL1, which is the third tier of professional men's soccer in the United States and Canada. We're extremely thankful to Kuba, Peter, Connor, Chase, and the entire Forward Madison FC organization for their incredible hospitality. They were gracious enough to host us on a big home game night. Uh, We've touched on this before. The gap between U.S. soccer infrastructure and that which exists globally is still quite wide. In fact, this is not only Forward Madison's inaugural season, but also USL1's, meaning until this year, 2019, in the United States of America, we did not have a unified third division of pro soccer. Try explaining that to a Brazilian or an Italian and literally watch their minds blow up in front of you. And of course, this made it all the more interesting as we got to chop it up with them for hours about what it really takes to build a grassroots and community-oriented new team in a growing Midwestern city with demographics that sort of tilt heavily towards the younger generation because of the big university in town. What's amazing is that Forward Madison already has the highest home attendance and the highest Instagram followers in all of USL1. And because of their insanely passionate fan base, the kind you really only find in other continents on a regular basis, you see teams like Hertha Berlin from the German Bundesliga and Minnesota United FC from MLS come through for friendlies with this brand new club. We recorded the interviews in their office, on the pitch, and at LJ's, a local bar that carries a Forward Madison branded beer, Avi, across the street from uh, the Breeze Stevens Field where Forward Madison play their home games. So if you hear some background noise, now you know what that's all about. Please enjoy the first of our two-part episode with the great people from Forward Madison FC. And trust us, you don't want to miss episode two, where we sit down with the American soccer legend, Peter Wilt. To kick things off, we met up with Kuba and Chase in their office, who lead all things fan engagement and merchandising. Enjoy. So I'm Kuba Kshijosenek, uh, Director of Fan Engagement and Digital Media. Uh, I'm going to do supporter uh, liaison as well with our supporters groups and handle our broadcasting. My name is Chase Egan. I'm the Director of Merchandising for Big Top Sports Entertainment. I oversee all buying for Ford Madison FC, Green Bay Voyagers FC, and then also the ownership group has four Northwoods League baseball teams. So my day-to-day role, I do a lot with the buying, design process, um, overall budgets for the team, and kind of how we appear in all our retail stores. Like, what have you been sort of seeing from, like, the crowd, the fan base? Like, Uh has there been, like, positive reactions to the club coming? 
yeah. to Madison? Yeah, absolutely. So I think from the beginning, you know, the club initially launched as Madison Pro Soccer back in May 2018. And so we didn't really have any sort of identity. We had to like really brand, bland, uh, bland brand, you know, regular text that just said Madison Pro Soccer, these kind of uglyish colors of like a aqua green, blue and red and it didn't look great, but people in all general like excited pro soccer was coming. Um, so we knew we had to really nail the crest of the club and everything and make it really true to the community. So the reaction when we did finally launch the kind of the flamingo logo with the name Forward Madison, yeah, people loved it. I mean, the reaction locally was great, but also nationally, internationally. We had people from all over the world that were like, you know, wow, I'm following you guys now. You know, I'm from Colombia, I'm from the UK, wherever. So it's been cool. How did you guys decide on Forward Madison? So that was actually a fan vote. So we did uh, we had about 600 submissions of names, um, and then we did like a bracket style voting. And Amazing. so the yeah, so Madison actually chose the team name themselves. Fucking love that. Yeah. Yes. And how did the flamingo come into play? So the flamingos was actually the second most popular fan name for the team, okay. um, and we knew you know the flamingo is such a kind of iconic part of Madison. So we knew we wanted to incorporate it somehow. So yeah. I think it was an easy forward. Madison doesn't really as a name doesn't really have some sort of mascot or something people can rally around right. so kind of attaching the the flamingo to it was a good way to give it you know up the goes kind of yeah, definitely. from like a design perspective the merchandise that you guys have out is all well designed it, it I mean, sticks yeah, out jersey. yeah the pink Don't jersey but like that. even you know like when i was like i'm a merch fiend i'm buying merch globally like it's he awesome is. You know, when I was on your site, I was just kind of wowed initially. And the designs are great. So are the designs done in-house? Or do you do you have a design firm that you work with? Or like what, what's kind of the process of just the merching? Uh, so as far as the logo, we worked with a logo uh, or a local marketing agency that came up with that design. Um, as far as our merchandise stuff, we do that pretty much all in-house. Uh, we have a really good in-house graphic designer. Both our owners that work in the office are always pushing us, you know, think outside the box. Let's be different. We don't want to have that bland kind of just taste like everyone kind of does. We want to be different. We want to be edgy. We have a really, really great fan base here locally. And we felt we really owe it to him with everything we put out, whether that's a scarf, a shirt, a, a kit. I mean, we're really going to the drawing board and making sure we're kind of maximizing, you know, what's going to work in Madison, what's going to work in Wisconsin, and what's working in soccer across the globe. As far as, like, our kit designs, we kind of did that as more of, like, a panel. No idea was thrown out early on. We kind of had, I'm not exaggerating, probably 60 different kits yeah. we came up with, and we just didn't rule anything out. You know, we knew it had to be different. Going to the pink kit, I heard you say that early on, the alternate. We wanted to have it be loud, vibrant, kind of the mantra of our flock. Like, it had to, it had to fit with our fan base, and it had to be different. The home and away, you know, we felt for our home kit we were going to do light blue kind of represent the isthmus the sash the city flag but we felt that hunger for pink with all our merch we kept dropping anything yeah. pink would sell out so we're like you know the alternate kit you can be different let's let's give the fan base what they want it's got to be pink from there there was a, a bunch of different early on designs and then raj has been trying to buy that pink one <laughs> yeah <laughs> from the well, moment I it was like instantly gonna sell out otherwise <laughs> i would have like got it right then but 72 hours? Yeah, so the rollout of that, we did it kind of like a local rollout on a Friday at a, a car dealership in town. We sold a good amount of units. Then we kind of pushed it where you had to have a ticket to the game. You know, we wanted yeah. to give our local yeah. fan base first dibs. We probably sold out 90% of the units at, at the game on Saturday, and we're kind of like, oh, dang, we undershot yeah. this. Like, <laughs> we, we knew they were going to be cool, but we didn't know they were going to be that cool. And then 10 a.m. on Sunday, we put the rest of the remaining uh, kits online, and I got to flip it switch, the flip switch from my house, and seeing those orders come in was just 
so rewarding for our you know our whole ownership group and our our company but we are working on a reorder i think we're about i mean off record <laughs> but on record just, we're, just let raj we're, know we're probably we're, you can just text me it's fine <laughs> we're hopefully about a week or two out on those um we have been collecting names and emails of people that have reached out to us from not just madison wisconsin literally the uk oh, across the like Amazing. across the country overseas everywhere and we really want to make sure that everyone who wants that pink kit can get it so i mean no joke i literally he knows this i had an alarm on my phone and i missed out <laughs> so <laughs> the small sizes were gone just yeah, instantly yeah, and there was people that were buying yeah, that's the problem People are buying multiple kits too. I'm sure for their friends, their family, oh, yeah. whatever I mean, they can I get. I was going in for like five. <laughs> like I was all in. How's the other merch doing? Are you match day? Are you like moving units or? Yeah, how's that so going? definitely our stuff's moving quick. We've been kind of changing up. We've worked with a few of our league licensees on doing some fully custom lines. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff early on was just kind of in-house designs and working with our you know some local like sponsor stuff and um, some of our different vendors. But now we're kind of working more on that like custom private label stuff um, we do have a few collections rolling in one in july and then we have one already we already bought in in motion for like our black friday like holiday line Amazing. um and that stuff is it's going to be over the top like out of the box and all like fully custom so that's amazing, amazing. how did you guys decide on hummel yeah so that was a uh, we were going through a lot of different kind of kit providers at the time um we knew Kind of like Jason saying, we knew we wanted to have something different, something out of the box with our jerseys. So it was really important for us to have uh, sublimation, and so yeah. to have the company be able to sublim- like fully sublimate a design, we kind of we had reached out to the usual guys, Adidas, Nike. That's kind of what a lot of teams in our league are, I think, predominantly with those two. Yeah. And it was you know for a third division club, they're not going to do anything cool for you. It's right. going to be right. away all white away kit, just your logo slapped on it, maybe you know blue with maybe a Wait. sash or something. So we're like, all right. <laughs> That's like, no one's going to be like, wow, I have to have the Fort Madison kit. So yeah, so Hummel was one of the few, I think maybe the only one actually, that was like, we could do full sublimation for you guys. Love that. Um, Full jersey, you know, inside of the neck collar, inside of the crest if we wanted. They would kind of do it all. So it was, uh, if we wanted to do something cool and risky, we're like, all right, these are are the guys we have to go with. In general, you know, they're a good brand. Um, In Europe, you know, they do a lot of cool teams. Danish national team, Freiburg in uh, Germany, Middlesbrough in the UK. You know, worldwide people are like, oh, it's kind of a cool. Oh yeah, as far as. Well, it's like they're like a classic soccer brand. Like, but that, that's fascinating here because like, I spend most of my free time complaining about template jerseys. You know, the the past World Cup, there was this fever about the Nigeria kit, mm-hmm. and that was it was so well designed, but it was also wasn't a template, right. and that's why people it sold out everywhere. You know, and you're seeing like billion dollar organizations. I'm a United fan, and like we're still following a template. But, like, we're selling more jerseys than everyone in the world combined. Yeah. Like, why? We should be, like, hire me. I will make a jersey. Like, that's, it's, it's absurd. So that's fascinating here. And I'm, that actually answers my question as to, like, how you guys actually got your designs on mm-hmm. the jersey the way that you wanted. Because, you know, I know that Nike and Adidas wouldn't have done that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think so with Hummel, you know, the performance stuff that the players wear, the players all love it. Um, in terms of like comfort of the jerseys, so yeah, I think all in all, it was a good, good decision. How does the flock work? Do people do you reach out to people? Like, how does like how do you get like a sort of already dedicated fan base mm-hmm. who are like all in or in the know? How like how does it 
culminate when the club is brand new. Yeah. I mean, especially that you guys have both the most fans showing up to home games mm -hmm. in USL One, and now you have the most followers uh, in USL One on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram. Yeah. So how's that come about in such a short amount of time? Yeah, I think a lot of the, the early groundwork was done by our uh, managing director Peter Wilt, mm -hmm. who kind of he's created a lot of clubs in the United States. You know, he's the father of Chicago Fire, Indy 11, kind of these two big, big teams that have really great fan bases. Um, so he kind of laid the groundwork early in Madison where he reached out to all the different Premier League supporters groups here and kind of united them under one banner really? of a local team. So it's all these people who, they already had this history of supporting teams and kind of being organized. Um, and then they really took to, you know, supporting their local team now, which exists. So they still support Arsenal, United, Liverpool, um, but Saturday nights, everybody comes together, throw on their pink, throw on the, get the flags out, and we all support, you know, the local team. That's so awesome. All right. Great. Cool. Thank you both for your time. Thanks, guys. That was incredible. Paulo Jr. is the Brazilian. Um, Ecuadorian flag for Danny Tenorio. Panamanian for Yosiel Rodriguez. Uh, Tanzanian for Ali. Um, Japan is Euro. Mexican flag is for... Pato Diaz and uh, Don Smart was born in Jamaica. Uh, He's an American citizen, but, but Zaire has some heritage there as well. So I think that covers them all. So. Don? Yeah, he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. He's, he's always moving, man. That guy's active. So. Yeah, we love him. That's Connor. He's the chief operating officer of Big Top Sports and Entertainment the ownership group that manages Forward Madison FC, along with five other sports teams. TLDR, these folks are pros and know what the fuck they're doing. As you walk into the stadium, you just can't miss all the flags being flown towards the end of the stadium where the flock sit. The flock are Forward Madison's amazingly vocal and avid fan base. So the first question we asked Connor was about what the flags represented and what you just heard was part of what he shared with us. But before we turned the mic on, he told us that they really wanted to have the most inclusive environment for everyone because the entire organization views Forward Madison as belonging to the city. So the flags represented everybody involved with the club, from the players to the pride flag to the city's own flag. It was truly wonderful to hear Connor's candor, enthusiasm, and genuine care for the community. This was so evident on that game night, an incredible communal and family-friendly stadium where the seats are almost spilling over onto the field. Side note, their stadium really reminded us of some of the old and great South American and European clubs where the fans are really on top of the pitch and make it such an intimidating environment for the visiting team. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. He talked to us about the four-year journey it took to start a professional soccer team in the United States in 2019 and the challenges that come with such a massive undertaking. We hope you enjoy our chat with Connor as much as we did. As you know, there's like a built-in passionate fan base here for whatever it is, like you're going to a Mallards game and, you know, people want to go. And like it was always frustrating us that there wasn't professional soccer here when we knew that it could thrive. And when we heard about it, we just got excited. We wanted to just be fans and we are now and like just wanted to be a part of it. It's been fantastic just watching it grow. But I mean, the process, I'm assuming, must have been arduous to like bring a team here. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it wasn't exactly overnight. So um, uh, our group, uh, Big Top Sports Entertainment, we're in the baseball business first, have four 
uh, Northwoods League teams across the state of Wisconsin in Green Bay, Kenosha, Wisconsin Rapids, and Madison. Uh, we took over Bree Stevens Field um, almost four years ago, three and a half, four years ago now. And the city had uh, recently put artificial turf in, um, and it was still underutilized, being used maybe 30 times a year, about 8,000 people a year coming through the facility. And so we took it over three years ago um, with really no business plan. We were going to do some concerts, we were going to do some community events, and my business partner and I, Vern Stenman, kind of knew kind of felt that you needed like an anchor tenant for lack of a better you needed a home team at the facility for it to work mm -hmm. and so uh, it was about three years ago now maybe even a little longer that we started the process of figuring out what type of soccer should we bring to Madison and um, over the last three years American soccer obviously in a very transformative phase a lot of moving parts and so um, you know we were really close uh, I don't know two and a half years ago to uh, uh, launching a uh, PDL, which is now a League Two team here. We were within two weeks of signing the papers. The application was completed. And right before that happened, uh, we got a call from an MLS team that had an interest in maybe partnering. So we pulled back on that and sat back. And uh, ultimately, that three-year process resulted in um, us joining USL League One. USL League One was created. We figured that was kind of the right niche yeah. uh, for this market. Uh, we, we did consider what's now USL Championship for some time. Um, but I, I think the jury is out if uh, uh, a market the size can support a team like that right. long term with the way that that league's evolved. Um, so the League One was the right fit. And uh, May, May 15th, uh, 2018, we went to the City of Madison Common Council. They approved a new lease, a new 10-year lease uh, with $3 million going into the facility between us and the city to bring it up to the standard of pro soccer. That was May 15th. May 17th, we made it official that we were doing this. Had 150 people here. Uh, kind of the, uh, that was essentially the birth of the club and also the birth of the flock, the supporters group. Yeah. Um, Peter did a great job kind of rounding up those guys. Peter and Wilt. Peter Wilt, yeah, Peter Wilt, who's, uh, you know, um, legend. legend and, and probably nobody better out there at, uh, you, you know, getting to, a, getting to a pub at any hour of the day and meeting a few soccer fans and getting them on board with, uh, yeah. w you know, just developing that community. He, he's, Got His a unique, is yeah. It, you could talk to him all day, and he just got this unique ability. And so what he did is, um, somehow we got him a list, or or actually, uh, and this is the long version, guys. Sorry. Ho hopefully, oh, hopefully we're not. Hopefully there's us, not yeah. a commercial break soon. <laughs> um, but uh, 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 Monica Wagner on our team, her uh, her stepdad um, was a member of the local Arsenal supporters group, yeah. and so Peter reached out to Jeff. Jeff got him in touch with the president and vice president of the local Arsenal supporters group, uh, Andrew Schmidt and uh, um, Liam Smith. From there, Liam and Andrew kind of, uh, you know, got this thing going. And, and uh, they were, uh, you know, after the city council voted in favor of this, it was myself, Vern, Peter, one other gentleman, and then Andrew and Liam. We went to the Great Dane downtown. Peter always buys a bottle of champagne. It was like it had dust on it. I don't think the, 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 the Dane, I love the Dane. They're a great That's partner, but I don't think they've sold champagne in about six to nine years. And uh, we had nachos, a beer, and champagne. And we're like, I guess we're doing this. And um, that was kind of the birth of, you know, we had the first two members of the flock there. And those guys worked with the six other uh, EPL supporters groups in town. And, and what you'll see, you know, uh, what you've seen so far and what you'll see uh, in our game day atmosphere, what they've built is amazing. And uh, it just started kind of that grassroots. Um, you know, at our announcement, we had about 150 people, including what I would call 50 supporters. 
Um, and uh, everything we've done, so we own this team, but the community owns the team. Like yeah, of course. Private business, but everything we've done is community-based. And uh, this has to be reflective of Madison, from the food we serve to the color of our logo to the experience when you walk in for, for two hours. So uh, we're super collaborative, we hope, in what we do. Um, we want feedback. We yearn feedback. We, we, we're desperate for it. And uh, what we're trying to mold here is just something that the community wants and can last. What's your long-term goal for Forward Madison? I think it's to, to become a, a staple of the community. Uh, you, you know, we just want to be a want to be Madison's team. We want the community to rally around this team. We want them to come here, um, you know, on Saturday nights and and enjoy two hours. And, and maybe those goals are, are pretty simple, but you know, I want this thing to be here. I've got a two and a five-year-old. I want this thing to be here 40 years from now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, but whether whether they're a part of it or they're just sitting enjoying it, we just want this to be Madison soccer team forever. And, and our goal is pretty simple. And um, you know, I, I I don't know if it's serious or joking, but we we do some you know uh, interactive web stuff, and people say, when are you going to go to the MLS or when are you going to championship? And the, the reality of it is, we think uh, USL League One's great. Yeah. Uh, we're we're proud to be uh, one of the founding members of it, mm-hmm. and uh, we think we've got uh, a ton to prove and a ton to do. Uh, at this level of, of soccer in the U.S. And so, you know, there's been a lot of positives, but uh, we need to get better on the field. And, and, and we still need to work on our game day experience and, and uh, keep getting crowds out. So we're, we feel like we're just getting started. You know, we, we built a turnout, and one of our founding principles is that we're from all over. You know, I've lived on three continents. Football is this unifying factor. We live in a very divisive culture we're united by football and you can doesn't matter where you are in the world you can sit I've chatted to people in 40 50 countries and our common denominator is that we're all sitting around talking about soccer talking about football and And, you know and like when you know Madison finally got its professional soccer team you know we were excited because we knew what this community was about we know the passion in this community and we know that there is this love of soccer that is there to be, you know, raised and grown. And so for you, like, are you, what's the feedback you're getting? Is the community embracing it? I'm sure they are. Like, what, you know, what? The community's been amazing. I mean, starting with the flock, averaging, I think, like six to 650 fans a night. That, that's just, that's unreal. Those, what those guys are doing, unlike anything at this division, maybe unlike anything, yeah. you know, the lower divisions of the U.S., what those guys and gals have put together the way they've supported us is amazing i mean that 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 it starts with that that's unreal the community feedback's been great i think we are uh, admittedly maybe in a little bit of a honeymoon phase uh that we're you know five home games in so um it's not that we can't do any wrong but i think mm-hmm. people are giving us a, a a little bit of leeway um but um community support's been great i, I think to your question and your point um we view this as community and people are rallying around soccer, but one of our goals is to um, extend that reach of soccer uh, to maybe people that aren't currently fans and want to become fans. Exactly. And, and, and I think we've done a really good job of scratching the surface with those soccer fans, but I think the game day experience we provide here um, is appealing to more than just soccer fans. It reaches beyond that, that core soccer fan that's watching um, you know, Saturday, Saturday morning soccer, you know. Uh, so uh, our goal is to broaden that reach and, and educate and, and grow that footprint. And, uh, you know, we, we, had a, we were fortunate enough to have a 
an exhibition against uh, Hertha Berlin yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah pretty, right. pretty unreal. Those guys were great. And um, so awesome. Klaus, who is who's their, well, their, their facilities director, spent some time talking to him, and they're looking at building a new stadium uh, eventually in, in Berlin. And um, he referred to, to soccer as the, I believe the exact terms were, uh, or, or soccer stadiums as the, the last great social campfire. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. and where you, 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 you build community and you come together and you uh, maybe have a beverage and you talk soccer. And yeah. uh, you'll see in your, our game day experience here, it's an amazingly social atmosphere. Uh, you're, you're, you can access the field on all levels, uh, or all four sides, I should say. And, and that's just what we're trying to create is a sense of community. You, you rally behind your team, uh, get a family member, friend, neighbor, whoever, come have a beverage, maybe a brat and cheese curds, those seem to be popular. Yeah. <laughs> but, but just just enjoy uh, the world's game in your hometown and uh, and have some fun. And, and, exactly. and we're an entertainment company. I mean, soccer's the key yes. of it, but we're an entertainment company. And, and uh, if we're winning, the show is great. Even when we're not, the flock does a heck of a job to, yeah. to get people engaged. That's, right. That's so I mean, awesome. Honestly, there's so many ways we think about what we're building. Yeah. Um, Think about it as building a business you never want to sell. Yeah. Building a business that you just wanted to grow and sort of be eternal in that way where your children, hopefully their children, still come and there are banners of the year that the club was founded. And yeah, exactly. People, people find pride in that, and as they should, right? It's your, it's your local hometown. Yeah, and I think, I think if you're if you're focused on doing the right things and being part of the community and being a good member of the community. Uh, eventually the business side will take care of it so yeah, you know yeah. like like if yeah, you're exactly. if you're reflecting the community you're connecting with the community and you're being a good corporate citizen you'll be all right in the end that's awesome thanks sure. that's I mean like that's the refreshing and inspiring stuff that like you know we're not seeing enough of in soccer these days so it's like it's good to even just talk it out that was therapeutic for me <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I, I, uh, there's going to be a fee for that now. <laughs> Apparently, I'm a therapist. They should be charging. Uh, no, but uh, I appreciate you guys being here, and uh, should be a great experience tonight. And uh, um, so you know, I, I think uh, we're both kind of getting off the ground uh, yeah, yeah, at absolutely. the same time, and uh, hopefully, our, our paths continue to cross and we continue to grow together. Sure. So, right. thanks, Thank guys. So appreciate much. Before we sign off, to forward Madison, you've clearly started something special and you have lifelong fans in us here at Eterno. That's for damn sure. Thank you for having us. Also, a very special shout out to all of our amazing friends, Carlos, Liza, JD, Olivier, Malaika, Dominique, Adam, Arthur, for coming out to the game that night and showing us and Forward Madison love. And you do not want to miss episode two, where we sit down with the American soccer legend, Peter Wilt, GM of the club, about his 30-year journey in the U.S. soccer system and how he's enjoying life with his seventh club. Last, but most certainly not least, a most heartfelt thank you to all of you for tuning into this very special episode. We hope you've enjoyed it, learned a thing or two about the U.S. soccer system, and who knows, maybe even found a new team to root for. We sure hope you have. We'll catch you all next time. One love.